It is Friday, November 4th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today, presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan is along for the ride as well, as we have a travel day in the World Series back to Houston, Texas for Game 6, where the Astros will try and close things out after last night's dramatic victory in the city of brotherly love. They take a 3-2 series lead, thanks in part to a pair of defensive gems, one in the eighth by Trey Mancini, one in the ninth by Chaz McCormick. Which one got you to jump out of your seat, my friend? Both were excellent plays. I think more so it was the Mancini play. Because you hit that ball to right center with JT, you can't really tell how far it's going to go. And McCormick got a great jump on it. He had a beat on it the whole way. Obviously, it was an incredible catch if that ball hits the fence possibly a triple depending on the ricochet but the mancini ball schwarber crushed that thing and i was thinking to myself you know the only reason he was there is because a runner was on first base and they're playing no doubles like any other situation that thing's down line i think even in the regular no doubles where he's actually back i think that ball gets by him but because he was on the base and just and just kind of turned towards the hitter i mean he was right there and the hop kind of just went right into his glove it was um Extra impressive also because he had just entered the game for Guriel and coming in cold like that in a World Series game when you're uh, 90 feet away from a guy like Kyle Schwarber, who I don't know what the exit velo on that, but it was over 100 miles an hour. I can guarantee that. Boy, yep. Um, so I, th- that was it. Because when he hit that ball, I said, that's down the line. Two runs are going to score. They're taking the lead. Holy shit. And I imagine you've seen this clip on social media. I forget which coach it is in Baltimore that's working with Trey Mancini at first base a bunch of years ago where Mancini's it's probably Dickerson. A, it might have been, but it, it's a fluid. It's, he's not a fluid first baseman, so he's talking him through all sorts of stuff. It's this wonderful like four or five minute clip um, on, you know, coaching 101. It's probably happening at two in the afternoon with a 7 Seven ten first pitch, so all I could do was think about that clip, and did all of this training that Trey Mancini ended up doing to become a first baseman help him out in the biggest moment of his career? Yeah, I mean you're always putting in work like that, even if he's going to DH and be a bench player. Like you know he's out there taking ground balls before the games, you know making sure he's ready for a moment like that. You just never know when it's going to come, especially in the World Series when everything's under a microscope. You don't want to be the guy to do something. So I know he's out there doing it, but it's different from doing it at five o'clock with your coach hitting you a fungo. And you're like, all right, this feels good. I got my shoes on uh, what that situation was. It was a big time play. Yeah. The difference is, is that fungos don't come at like 108 miles an hour off of the bat of the leading home run hitter in the National League from the left side of the dish. That thing was I do want to say this about McCormick. Um, He did have a beat on it the whole way. But all I could think about was his friends must be Phillies fans. Oh, yeah. They have to be. So, I mean, even though they're rooting for him to do well and they'd be really thrilled, like it would be hard if a really good friend of mine ended up playing for, you know, the team that we're going against in the World Series and he just prevented us from maybe tying a game in the World Series or having a shot to tie it. Like I'd be pissed at him. I think it's awesome. What what a cool feeling for them to have. And and for and for McCormick too. Like obviously he doesn't give a shit about the Phillies right now. But like to know that you did that to your family and friends 
into your city. It's like kind of a, it's an interesting feeling. I, I like it for him. And I think he knew that um, there's going to be some mixed emotions about it all because this is the world series. This isn't a regular season series where oh, yeah. it's like, Oh, you know, we want Chaz to do well. They want Dang the Phillies to win the world series, dude. I'm sorry. Yep. Maybe besides his immediate family, his, his other friends, they want the Phillies to win. Yeah. I will say, I'll answer my own question. The Mancini play, I was like, wow, damn, that was impressive. And the more I thought about it, because it happens so quickly. But the McCormick one is the one where I kind of jumped up, in part because Harper was up next. I was thinking, oh, man, this could be it. This could be fun. And just didn't end up working out. So good for the uh, good for the Astros in the eighth and ninth. Uh, Jeremy Pena, the offensive hero, he knocked in two of threes, two of Houston's three runs, also became the first rookie to go deep in the World Series. How shocked are you? that he has just continued to have his star shine first rookie shortstop. And we had talked about this plenty. Um, the words that were used to describe him when he first came up were different, uh, but still you don't know. Dusty even said himself, I didn't know what kind of player this guy was going to turn into. We thought we had an idea, like the, a lot of the qualities you wanted were there, but I think the most important thing for Pena and the reason why, like I'm not necessarily that shocked one, we talked about the adjectives used to describe it. And Jose Altuve said that again last night after the game. He said, this guy's a superstar. We knew it from the get-go. But to, to be able to be put with the guys that they have there, learning from Bregman and Altuve, and even like, I know Jordan's a lefty, but watching him work every day and the way he takes at bats and understanding your role is to get, the, get it to him. Like He's surrounded by a very good group there that kind of takes the pressure off him. But when you have those guys supporting you and then also understanding, like, these are the guys that are going to get the job done. I just have to kind of figure a way out to do my part. It helps a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm done being surprised by what this kid does, right? First shortstop to rookie shortstop to win a gold glove. He's now got four homers in a dozen playoff games. I forgot he uh, won he's a gold got a glove. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. He won a freaking gold glove as a rookie. Um. And then, you know, he's got a shot to go double-double to win LCS yes. and World Series MVP. It is a legit in-play thing here. Um, there's not that many rookies that have won postseason awards when it comes to either the LCS or the World Series. He's only the sixth one to do it. Rosarena did it a couple of years ago for the Rays winning the ALCS. Michael Waka won the NLCS MVP in 2013. Levon was the only rookie to pull off the double-double in 97 with the NLCS and the World Series MVP. Mike Boddicker, who was a really good pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles in 83, and Larry Sherry for the Dodgers in 59, coming out of the bullpen. So there's not that many guys that have done it, but I'm not. I'm done being shocked by anything that guy does. And it was very funny because he was being interviewed after the game, and Michelle goes, that guy's pretty. It's <laughs> like very pretty. It's like the sixth tool so. that we always talk about. Good looking too. <laughs> but he is you know, pretty. He's uh, got like he's got like pink lips. And she goes, she's like breaking it down. She has very pink lips. His cheekbone structure is fantastic. <laughs> she's like, I'm, a, I'm an Astros fan now, Chris. Cleveland sucks. <laughs> she was doing a full breakdown on him. It was great. Good for that kid, though. He's he does have star written all over him. And let's remember, first like six weeks of the regular season, he was out of this world. Then he took a serious dip for a while. Really, really struggled. He's not a – basically, his batting average is his on base. He's not a walks guy at all. Uh, 
but as he gets more and more familiar with the league, I imagine that that number will come up. And I think it's pretty unreal that they let go one of the great postseason shortstops we've ever seen. And this guy hasn't missed a beat. That is a big, big deal. All right. Today's episode of Baseball Today presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. It is the premier destination to get any sort of sports or concert tickets. Very simple. Follow a few rules. Grab your phone. Go to the App Store. Download your SeatGeek app today. Type in the code word JOHNBOYPLAYOFFS, all caps, all one word. You will receive 10% off of your order. You do not have to be a first-time purchaser. You could be a returning customer, and you still get 10% off. That is a great deal. Now, as far as SeatGeek, it'll line you up to get World Series tickets in Houston, if you're interested this week, uh, pro football, college football, and uh, NBA, NHL. If you're a concert goer, you might not be familiar with the venues. That's really where SeatGeek does its best work, in my opinion. They rank on a scale of 0 to 10 every seat. Meaning, are you getting the best deal possible? Like, we know that these seats might be better, but are you getting the premier deal? They also give a green rating good, red rating bad. Green good, red bad. Got it? Go to SeatGeek. They'll help you out. We want to save you some dough. John Boy Playoffs, all caps, all one word, 10%. Whether you're a rookie purchaser or a returning customer, go do it today. Courtesy of SeatGeek. <clears throat> Bigger deal last night as we turned to <clears throat> game five. Justin Verlander's start, which earned him his first World Series win, or Houston's bullpen continuing to shine? I think it's Houston's bullpen and what they've continued or been able to continue to do. We we filmed uh, Talking Baseball earlier today, and we said right now it looks like Jeremy Pena uh, for World Series MVP or could be Ryan Presley. What he's been able to do has been very, very impressive. But the rest of the bullpen has been great, too. I mean, I think if you're the Phillies and you would have said, hey, we're going to hold the Astros to three runs on the Noah slash bullpen day, you're like, yes, we're going to win that game. The problem is you're facing some animals out there, dude. Guys that, guys that are really at some points – untouchable and i know look there was some traffic on the bases last night and mm-hmm. they had to make pitches but that's a sign of a good bullpen they make the pitches when they need to make them and dusty really hasn't been challenged that often uh in his decisions because it doesn't really matter where he goes everything kind of works when they're putting up zeros like they are so I think that's the bigger deal. I'm happy for JV that he gets the win and he, and he pitched well and he made the pitches when he needed to do it. You know, that big at bat against Castellanos there. Um, and I think it was the fifth inning, uh, that 10 pitch at bat was awesome. Um, but I, I think, you know, going forward, you know, to, to close out this world series, I mean, the bullpen's going to have to do it one more game. And I think they're very, very capable. By the way, I told you that I thought it meant more to Verlander than he was letting on. I think last night he kind of showed it afterward and all those post-game interviews that he did on the set with MLB Network, you know, with Fox, post-game overall, you could see it meant something to him. Had well, nice he knows the season's with- done, right? He's like, I'm done. I did my job. I'm not going to pitch again in this during this year. Right. Kind of it, well, interesting feeling. So I was thinking about that. He threw 97 pitches at age 39. If they need him for an out or two Sunday anyway, is there any way? I don't think so either. 
I don't think so either. But you, don't, uh, you don't are correct. Them. No, you're probably right. The correct answer is the bullpen. Five earned in 51 and a third postseason innings, 67 strikeouts, and just 21 hits. Their .88 ERA is the best in postseason history for any bullpen with at least 45 innings. .88. And look at some of the guys that are back there, right? We talked about Presley, who came over in that Twins deal a few years ago. But they didn't know what they had in Abreu for a while. Montero was a guy who was DFA'd by Seattle and came over with Kendall Graveman in the trade, right? Kendall Graveman was the headline piece going to Houston. And Montero has been the guy who has been phenomenal for them. And they've done it without a lefty. They haven't had a lefty all. And we all went at the trade deadline. We're like, why wouldn't they go get a lefty reliever? Go get Andrew Chafin. Go get somebody who can help you out. And Abreu and Montero in particular have had very, very good OPS numbers against lefties. So that's where they said, you know what? Screw it. We got right-handers that can do the job again, so we don't need to bring a lefty in here. And they've ridden this thing all the way to within one win of the World Series. Good for them. And we were talking about, oh, they, they got Will Smith on the roster. He's going to go and get some of those right. lefties. He hasn't even, Has seen, he even he hasn't pitched. Even, I don't think so. My God, were we way He's off? Eating on that. sunflower seeds out there in the bullpen, about to get a ring. Man, shame on us, huh? Well, I think I said, I believe what I said was that um, Harper and Will Smith were going to square off three or four times. It hasn't <laughs> even happened yet. Hey, let me talk about this real quick because I, I, I'm, I'm touched on this. I'm talking baseball too. When Harper gets hit with the Presley pitch in the ninth inning, yeah. how mad were uh-huh. you? Oh, man. Like but it I knew took away he... a moment, right? Yeah, but he wasn't going to get anything to hit anyway. He had already been walked a couple yeah, of but times. You get a mistake, dude. You're trying to bury know, something, but... a mistake. We we got deprived but... of a moment. And, and, and to be honest with you, those umpires, man, they were trying to let Bryce have his moment all game. If you're a Houston fan, you have to be mad about that. That check swing where he clearly went. And mm-hmm. you don't want to be the umpire to ring Bryce Harper up on a check swing in Philadelphia in game five of the World Series. And that's what happened. The guy just was like, I'm not getting booed. And I would agree with you're that. you're a Houston fan, you have to be furious at that. They end up popping up. He ends that. up popping up to Bregman anyway. But man. All right, no show for us Saturday, so we're going to look ahead to game six. It's going to be a rematch of game two, Fromber and Zach Wheeler. We keep hearing that Wheeler's got a little bit, I don't know if I want to call it a dead arm issue, but his velo did drop in game two. They're giving him an extra day to get back on this thing. How concerned are you that he won't be the Wheeler that we saw the first few starts of the postseason and keep filling in this game? I mean, I'm concerned about it. I mean, it's late in the year, Chris. We're we're sitting, they're going to be pitching on November 5th. There's a lot of mileage on that arm. Your body is just not strong. I talk about it with guys that are coming back home, all my baseball friends. They're getting in the gym for their first workout. You're just not strong anymore at this point of the year. Like you, as, as hard as you work out during the year to try to keep your strength, you're just not as strong. It's the bottom line. So I don't think he's going to have his electric stuff but it doesn't matter he's got to go out there and pitch and figure it out like we're seeing pretty much everybody at this point not a hundred percent you're you're gonna have to make pitches you're gonna have to figure out a way to get it done 
So I'm concerned that he's not going to be at hundred percent, but I don't think that matters. I think he's got to figure out a way to get it done. I mean, the only one that might be at hundred percent is Framber because he, I don't know. He's just an absolute machine. I think if you're mm-hmm. Philly, you're more worried about Framber just dialing it up and shoving the curveball down your throat all game long than you are about Wheeler. I think Wheeler's going to go do his thing. I don't think he's, I don't foresee him going seven innings, no, no earned runs or anything like that. I think he, Hopefully for them that he gives them a quality start into the six, maybe. Uh, but you got to go score runs. I mean, that offense is fucking ice cold right now, especially with runners in scoring position. You got to figure out a way to get it done against a guy who chubbed the first time around. Well, yeah, that's the bigger issue. And how many times is Fox going to zoom in on him doing this and stuff? Uh, go listen to the most recent not the most recent because we were just released Chris Bassett today on Rose rotation, but Trevor may earlier this week broke down entirely what Fran, what he thought Framber Valdez was doing um, with, with this and moisture on his hands and stuff. So it makes sense. You can believe him or not believe him, but that's a major league pitcher who's obviously been through the battle. And so he'll explain to you what he thought was going on with Framber. I think it probably clears, clarifies it pretty well. Um, but as far as Wheeler, yeah, I mean, he was like untouchable those first few starts through St. Louis and through Atlanta and through San Diego. But I don't know what I don't know what we're gonna get. And by the way, you know, he hasn't thrown 200 innings this year. When you combine regular season, because he missed about five or six starts, he was on the shelf for a while, and uh, he's got 30 innings pitched this postseason. I know that they've there's a lot on him. Right. I mean, every pitch counts in, in the playoffs, but he's at a, like 183, 184 innings. It's just that it's a slow burn throughout the year where you just lose your muscle mass and your strength. It's, I mean, maybe starting pitchers have the ability to keep up with it a little more because they are at the country club for four days a week. Um, yeah. But I, I know also with them, it's, it's difficult to maintain your strength. And at this point yeah. of the year, you're kind of, relying on you know like i said he's just gonna have to pitch his, his stuff will be there but it's not going to be as sharp later in the game as we've seen and, and, and it's at that point where he's gonna have to introduce some sort of wrinkle right okay well we'll see we'll all be watching closely last thing uh after getting knocked around pretty good in game four jose alvarado did not seem bothered by it he was seen during philly's batting practice riding a bike on the field smiling waving is that a good thing? I think it is. You know, obviously there are going to be some people to look at like, oh man, like they should have taken it more seriously. But you want your players to be loose, especially after getting no hit and, and you know, giving up the series lead. Like you want them to be loose. So you can't say that. And then if they go play loose or do something silly like that, get mad at them. So I, I think it's fine. You know, the visual of it isn't great to be honest with you. Like, I wouldn't, like, love that, um, but I wouldn't get mad at him for it. Well, the only thing Rob Thompson was upset about, he's like, you don't want one of your better relievers out there riding a bike trying to dodge baseballs, uh, television sets, um, walls that you might turn into. Like, it's a bike. It was a little weird. Yeah, you can ride a bike pretty easily. Not me. If you, and if by it the was way, you, you, Chris Rose, yeah, it'd be, then we'll be concerned because I don't think you have a bike riding ability. No, I'm average. Um, 
where where would he get a bike by the way ah there's stuff all over those stadiums bikes we used to ride the little like uh hoverboard things we just had the two feet on there's just there's oh yeah those things forget those that would never come in my clubhouse get that out that was like a year a year-long thing where we were taking them on the road with us in cleveland uh specifically the batting cage was so far away from the clubhouse that we had to ride it through that corridor that's why tony has or uh not tony um terry has like the moped that he rides out there well no, he has that because his the place where he lives is three blocks away from the stadium. Yeah, but even has, even when he'd have a car there when it's cold, he still rides his moped to the car. I don't. I've never seen him ride in a car. He just always takes the moped to and from. Hilarious. Yeah, he's pretty funny. Hey Dan, do we have that video? I don't know. I think I sent it to you late of the Eagles watching the Phillies game at the end. That was amazing. Did you see this on Thursday night football mm. after the Eagles improved to eight? No, they're all huddled around the TV when Chaz McCormick makes the catch. I thought that was kind of cool. <sighs> right? I I, I want to hear the conversation. I want to be like, man, they have a glove. Like, he doesn't have to catch that with his hands. I could do that. That's kind of what everyone says that doesn't play baseball. Well, he has a glove. Except that A.J. Brown is a guy who was drafted by the Padres. I mean, he's he knows, a, So he knows. He's he's he's, telling, he's the one in there telling like guys that was a an incredible play right there, and um I would love have loved to have seen Jalen Hurts in that video that would have answered it once and for all the kid from Houston that's true that's the one I wanted to see so there you go he's smartly like avoiding that yeah he has he has if, if, if the, the Astros we... win the World Series yeah what's he gonna do is he gonna show up to a pra- practice with the Astros hat on. I'm going to tell you, it would not shock me if he is in Houston tomorrow watching the game. They're off this weekend. My advice to Jalen is stay as far away from this whole situation as possible, bro. Like, just don't make it a thing. You're 8-0. and Billy loves you. Don't there give are... him a reason not to love you, bro. So when we when I asked that question, remember on, on baseball today, I think it was either early this week or late, late whatever it was, there were a lot of people who were like, Rose, we will never forgive him. And there were people who chimed in about Bryce Harper. I forgot about this, wearing a Las Vegas uh, Knights jersey when they were playing the Washington Capitals in the Stanley Cup final and going to the game. He's like, we never forgave him. Like, wow. I'm telling you, man. Guys are cruel, man. Why don't you just let your great athletes be fans from where they're from? Not because a big deal. You want, you want them to be what you want them to be, all right? <laughs> They don't get to be themselves. All right. Listen, we are, uh, we're not back at it on Saturday. We're going to take Saturday off. We will be back at it Sunday, either giving kudos to the 2022 world champion Houston Astros or getting you all set for game seven, which is what I'm rooting for because I love it when we have game seven of the World Series. So we will see you Sunday here on Baseball Today.